You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly interviews on topics to help entrepreneurs make their first or next step in business the right one. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo. There are certain topics in business that many podcasters and coaches prefer to skip because they aren't sexy. That makes this episode remarkably interesting to listen to, doesn't it? Although taxes are viewed as one of the least interesting parts of entrepreneurship, if understood correctly, there are many tax-saving tips that can substantially affect the money that ends up in your pocket. To make this topic more interesting, I am bringing on the most interesting man in tax, Julio Gonzalez. Julio makes regular appearances on all the major TV news networks. He's also a member of the Forbes Financial Council, and he even contributed to the creation of the massive tax reform package under the Trump administration in 2017, which has helped benefit entrepreneurs across the United States. For links to resources that will be mentioned during this episode, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 108. And now here's my conversation with Julio Gonzalez. Julio, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really glad to have you here today. And uh, I just want to let you know, I was just looking through your LinkedIn a minute ago, and I have to say, you are the most interesting tax reform expert I've ever come across, because usually the word interesting and tax reform don't fit in the same sentence. But uh, you have a very engaged following on LinkedIn, specifically, I haven't looked at your other social media, but I was just looking at it just now and seeing that you've got some really interesting posts that you're doing there. So thank you for uh, making this an interesting topic. Well, listen, tax and death, right? They're like two things that people don't want to talk a lot about. And uh, so, you know, you try to make tax a little bit sexy so that people, entrepreneurs understand that there's huge abilities to preserve wealth, to build cash and to grow their empires from knowing tax. And so, you know, if we can make it fun and we can make it a little bit exciting, then I think we've accomplished a lot. I love that. That makes me really excited to dive into this conversation. Actually, I, I'm looking at your LinkedIn right now. I just realized it says the most interesting man in tax. Um, so I just kind of confirmed that by everything I just said. Uh, that's like your tagline on there. So again, good stuff. I'm really excited to have you on the show with us today. And I usually do a pretty good job summarizing the expertise and achievements of the guests that are on the show during the introduction. But I have to be completely transparent with you. I don't fully understand tax as well as I should. So that's me education for me today. But could you please tell us a little about your experience when it comes to tax and tax reform before we jump into the content? Yeah, happy to do that. You know, listen, we are a specialty tax firm, right? We do tax credits and incentives. So we are not an accounting firm. We're not a CPA firm. In fact, our clients nationwide are several thousand accounts and CPA firms, and we work with them and their clients to help them generate these tax credits that are so deserving for every entrepreneur for investing in the United States, investing in themselves, growing employment, building infrastructure. And these are the types of activities that are tax credit rewarded in this country. Typically, we know the Amazons of the world and the Microsofts of the world take advantage of it, but that most small businesses don't have access to it. It's a great summary. Thank you for that. And actually, because I believe what I'm about to ask you here is actually really relevant to the conversation and to entrepreneurs in general. But I recently heard you share a proud moment that you had. You claimed it was one of your proudest moments as a business owner and a tax expert, which was during COVID. Can you talk about this proudest moment that you had a little bit? Because again, I think it will really inspire some of the listeners today. Well, you know, looking back to last March, you know, we, the world changed and, you know, many small businesses were having a hard time 
keeping their doors open. And, you know, the, the horrible facts of, you know, being shut down and, you know, having to send employees home and trying to just remain, you know, salvageable and to have another day. So, you know, we worked really hard with our accounting and CPA community to make them really aware of these tax credits and incentive programs that a lot of the small businesses weren't utilizing. We had some changes to the tax law in the CARES Act last year that allowed for employment retention credits, credits for keeping employees and bringing them back. We had the PPP programs. We had uh, refunds that were made available for carrying back losses through investment in equipment and things of that nature. So, you know, we worked really hard through education and through the accounting firms to make sure that they're aware of all these new changes to the tax code, how it can impact their, you know, small businesses and how we can ultimately get these refunds for them that gives them another few months to survive. So get the PPP, get some of these refunds, get some tax credits and keep those doors open and keep the jobs available. And those were, you know, big wins for us to keep some of these small business owners open. It was great. I love hearing that. As, as a small business owner myself, I, I appreciate what you did there and just helping educate again. And I've heard you, even when we're offline, you're just talking about educating people. Like your only agenda today isn't to earn a new client or anything like that. Your agenda is to help small entrepreneurs understand what they have access to. So I thank you again for your heart in this space and just being willing to continually educate others as you learn and grow yourself. So thank you again. And uh, with that said, I'm ready to go and dive into some rapid fire questions here, more or less. And I think that we okay. can discuss some of these. And these are some questions for myself and from the community as well, as many of us just don't really know what to even ask. So we're just going to kind of dive into some of these here. Uh, the first thing is, I just wondering, because I know that you worked on the massive tax reform package under the Trump administration. And uh, I'm wondering, do you, when you're looking at tax law, do you see that it favors or benefits new entrepreneurs in any way? Or is it kind of against us from the start? Well, you know, when we were working on tax reform, what we wanted to do is get the income tax rates down for small business owners. Because listen, when you're in business, your partner is the government here. You have the state government, the local government, and the federal government. And they're your partners, right? But they, you know, sometimes want to take a big chunk of the income that you make, right? And in terms of taxes and, you know, payments for regulations and things that we all have to file for professional fees and things of that nature. So what we wanted to do and simply get the income tax rates down so that the partnership was a good one, remove some regulations so that there wasn't all these onerous fees to stay open and be in business. And that ultimately, if we kept more money in your pocket because of lower income tax rates and less regulations, that you would better spend it and invest it in the United States than the government would. We believe in the small entrepreneur. We believe that you are the people creating the jobs. And if you're able to keep more money, and create more jobs, that's better for the economy, right? Because now more people are actually paying more taxes, maybe at a less rate, but more taxes to the government. And ultimately we thought that would be good for the economy. And we saw that, right? We had the lowest unemployment, we had a great economy, we had the highest GNP and the highest stock market. And uh, so I think a lot of those things we wanted to accomplish, we did. And uh, I think those are, listen, small business is the foundation of America, of the United States. And without those small businesses, you know, we don't have jobs. And uh, so we just need to reward all those small business owners and make sure that they're paying less taxes 
so that they can invest in their businesses, invest in the communities and create jobs and create a good economy. I really love that. I think that that's just uh, a great way to look at it. It's, it. The government's a partner of ours, right? And it's, it's, it's somebody that we're working alongside. And you guys have really done a great job. You and the team have done a great job really making this more possible for us. And then I think the problem comes into play for us because we don't understand that. Like it doesn't make sense to us. So I think a great follow-up question to this would be just for somebody who is literally just getting started. Let's say that someone has just created their first side hustle um, or maybe they're, they're planning some sort of little startup and they, they don't have any income with it yet. At what point should they legalize it regarding an LLC? And I know this cannot be this podcast cannot be considered true legal advice. Like you need to still consult with somebody. But would you tell somebody from day one if you decide, oh, I'm going to start a side hustle to go out and grab an LLC first, or would you recommend just getting started and see where it goes? What are your thoughts for someone who's just in that very first step? Well, I think you absolutely should incorporate because that comes with so many legal protections, right? And that's important, you know. You know, if you do something and it doesn't go well or you get sued by an individual and you have a corporation, you at least have that shield. And listen, setting up a corporation is very inexpensive, right? It costs, you know, 35, 45 bucks to do it and incorporate. And um, and I think the big advice here is that when you're getting into business, I, I recommend this for all business owners. You know, most business owners are so passionate of what they're building their business in that that's what they focus on. And you know, I tell all business owners, just have a little understanding of accounting, right? Know that you have cash coming in and cash flow uh, for your business and how you invest that cash flow because, you know, understanding the numbers is so critical. And I would also say that if you're going to hire someone to help with accounting or, you know, an outside accounting firm, make sure that they know your industry, that they're working with people in your industry because the key thing here is that, if they know your industry, they're going to know all the grants associated with it. You know, there's so many grants for small business startups, but no one goes and asks for them, right? But hopefully you have an accountant or a resource that knows that there's these grants out there for all the different, you know, industries, that they know the tax credits associated with your industry, right? Because every industry comes with its own special credits associated with investing and growing employment. We have employment retention credits. We have employment credits for creating employment. We have employment credits for hiring disabled people, veterans, right? And uh, minority groups. And and yet those all go unclaimed. Why? Because the small business doesn't have that partner. And I would say this, if you don't have that partner, you're missing out on maybe potentially 20 to 40% of every dollar you spend coming back to you, right? Because the big businesses obviously take advantage of it. We hear that all the time in the media, right, that they don't pay taxes, but they actually just use the tax law better than the small business owners. It's a good point. I've actually heard you say before that accounting is an investment, not an expense. And I think that many of us have that wrong mindset when we get started of, oh, I I can't hire a CPA or work with a CPA or an accounting firm because it's going to cost me money. But the truth is they should be able to have a return for you that's positive if you're working with the right ones, right? Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, listen, it can be an expense, if they're simply just doing bookkeeping and not really understanding your industry. But most accounts that do understand your industry and understand you and your strategic plan should be able, whatever that fee is that you're paying them, they should be able to return that five to 10 times over in terms of you know, bringing savings and savings to you from good tax planning that creates better cash flow that ultimately allows you to invest in yourself.
So with that said, is there a certain dollar amount where this becomes real? Again, being a side hustle or startup where you should really start considering working with accounting or taking the education a little bit more seriously. I've heard the difference between just having a, a hobby and having an actual business. Is there a certain dollar amount or time when you say, hey, this is when you should really start looking into investing in yourself or into an accounting firm itself? Well, look, I think that, you know, the IRS says a hobby can be three years and then it has to become a real business. So that's their definition of a hobby. And I would suggest that even if, you know, it's small and it's side hustle and it's just starting out, get mentors, get small business owners that have a good understanding of accounting, have a good understanding of your industry, and maybe you can get an accountant that's a mentor as well. Those things come for free, right? And uh, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of retired mentors, a lot of people that just want to give back. And if you search them out, they will give back. We love to give back all the time. And this is why we love to do podcasts like this where we can share those stories. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you have any recommendations as to where someone could reach out to maybe find a mentor or even somebody to work with in the space? And, and I'll give you an example. I'm not working with my uncle because he specializes strictly in real estate. And so when I started my software business, I knew that he wouldn't be the right fit. So I went and found somebody who specializes in that. So I know I took the right step and you've really confirmed that today. But for somebody who's saying like, oh, I could just work with this person because I know them. Instead of doing that, where could they go to find somebody to work with either as a mentor or to, to even hire on as a CPA, whether it's contracted or actual staff, right? Yeah, I mean, some of the best resources for mentorship, if you go to sba.gov, that's the Small Business, business Administration, they have uh, a division called SCORE, which are retired professionals, retired successful entrepreneurs that for free, you know, become a mentor to you. And it's a wonderful program. I would say another great program is your local chambers, right? So if you have a local uh, community business chamber, there's always people within the chambers that are willing to, you know, give of their time and be a great mentor. So I think those are two great things. I think third, finding podcasts like yourself, right? That you can listen to while you're walking in the morning or working out that have great advice. I mean, it's so wonderful now that we can just get on our phone, listen to your podcast and get great advice. I mean, that can be just as uh, impactful. I love these resources. Personally, uh, you knew, you know this and everyone listening knows this. I'm a huge fan of podcasts for obvious reasons, but uh, Score, I've heard some really great things about. So I think that's a really great idea to check that out. And then, of course, Chambers, your local Chambers is also uh, just a, a great resource that many cities will have. So those are some good points there. I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, Alex Sanfilippo here, and I want to take a quick moment to intentionally serve the world with you. Here's what I want you to do. Think of the one person you know who would most benefit from listening to this episode today. Now, I want you to send it to them, but also include an encouraging note explaining why you share this episode with them specifically. By doing this, you're helping me grow this podcast, and you're also adding value to the people you care about. With that said, thank you for your continued support. It means the world to me. And now, let's get back to today's episode. To kind of shift gears here a little bit, I'm thinking about how many of us, if not all of us at this point, we work from home, especially if we do have that side hustle or that new startup, more than likely, you're not investing in an office from day one. Do we have any access to additional tax benefits from working from home? Because it kind of is an office, although we also live there. Uh, any, any feedback or advice on this? No question about it. And I think this is one of the things that gets missed a lot. So 
at your home, you can basically allocate a portion of your rent or mortgage to the amount of square foot that you use for the office, right? So that would be office, Wi-Fi, all the internet tools as well. And certainly say that adds up to uh, 3000 a month when you include all those expenses and 25% of your residence is uh, your office, right? And that can then be allocated to, you know, an expense for the business. And we don't want to miss that, right? Because everyone is working from home now. Also, think about this. If you're using your car to go meet mentors or go to a client, right? There's that expense associated with the car. All the supplies are expensed immediately as well. And those are things that most often get missed. And uh, we we want to make sure that everyone at least takes advantage of those things because any of those expenses incurred to make a product, make a service, create a business should be expensed. And obviously, um, I'm glad that you're sharing that with your audience. Yeah, this is a good point. And I definitely write off part of my house. I don't, I'm not convinced I do it all properly because I never knew, never considered the Wi-Fi, the internet access. Is that also just your kind of taking a portion of that or is that complete uh, from from that regard, is there anything else in the home, like the electric side of things? Am I thinking about that being involved as well? Is it all encompassing or is it really just, hey, you're using 25% of your home as an office. That's what you can write off the, the mortgage side of it. Does it really include all those different things? All of those things. So, you know, electric, you know, I would do that based again on the size of the office versus the size of the, the property, right? So an allocation based on that. You know, Wi-Fi, how much of that do I use for business versus personal use, right? And and then you just have to come up with those estimates. Those are what the IRS wants to uh, you to follow, right? So if you're using the Wi-Fi, but 90% of it's for business, 10% for personal, then 90% is the business expense, right? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, everything that goes into, you know, water, you know, if you're using, you know, water for your activities or your business or just for part of your office expense, that too. Wow, it's very interesting. So with all these different things that you just mentioned in home, and then also mentioning the car, so I'm assuming the miles on the vehicle, how do you necessarily track all that? Because really, integrity has to be involved in this, right? The, the government's trusting us to be honest, it's our duty to be honest. How are you able to kind of keep track of these things to make sure that you're reporting accordingly? Yeah, I mean, and listen, back in when I started my company it was uh, pencil and pad, right? Today, <laughs> right. So today, there's so many a- apps that do it for you, do it for you. I mean, you turn on the app when you get in your car and it records your mileage and you use that as a tracker, right? You have apps for your home office as well. It's so wonderful between podcasts, apps, and, you know, one thing talking about resources, like we talked about score in the chamber, but listen, Google's a great resource too. And I would tell every small business owner, go ahead and put grants available for small business and then your city. See what comes up. I bet you'll find a lot of uh, grants available at your local community. Listen, when we did the CARES Act, just to go back to this, we allocated billions of dollars to every state for small businesses. And then those got allocated to the local communities. So we have all this grant money sitting out there by county, by city, in all the states. And the problem is the businesses aren't going in and basically taking this free money, these grants, because you know, there's just not enough awareness. So I would also just type that in. 
Oh, that's interesting. I've, I, I, I took note of that instantly. I'm going to do that right when we get off this, this, this call here and finish this episode. That's very interesting. I never even considered doing that. And it's really fascinating to hear that there's a lot of money sitting there waiting that people are just not taking advantage of. And it's because we, we don't know what we don't know, right? And uh, so I guess I kind of want to ask an open-ended question here. And again, this is maybe my lack of understanding of the topic we're covering, but so far what you've shared has been extremely helpful. But are there any other credits or grants available to, to most or all entrepreneurs that would be worth sharing? Yeah. Look, we have credits associated in our country with generating employment, right? So say you hire an individual, we have employment credits, right? For employment retention. We have credits for people that we allocate a, per, a percentage of their wages for innovation, which are called research and development tax credits. This is a great one. This could be up to 25% of the payroll and the payroll taxes associated with an employee or an owner where he is devoting his wages to making something innovative, whether it's new software, whether it's you know a new product, or it's an improvement of a product or an improvement of a software or improvement of a process, right? So we do that, why? Because we have those credits here in the country because we don't wanna lose those jobs. We don't want software companies to have a base here in the United States and then offshore all the labor, right? Because it's much cheaper over there. But the problem is most people do, they offshore it to India or to Asia or wherever, because they don't even realize that if they did the labor here and took advantage of the research and development tax credits, the work opportunity tax credits, that it actually would be lower, right? But we don't know that, right? We uh, we see that Microsoft and again, those tech companies, Amazon, if you look at their financial statements, R&D expense, right? And, you know, it's a massive amount and it's refunded by the government, federal and state and the small businesses to do it too, right? So it's, it's vital and I'm glad you're sharing that. Well, that's that's fascinating. I've never heard anything like that before. If somebody wanted to learn more about that, I know you already mentioned Google as a resource. Is that what you recommend? Or is there a certain place that you can really look deeper into this that, that you'd also say is a good resource? Yeah, listen, you know, we have a resource on our webpage, but again, you can go to the SBA.gov, the National Chamber of Commerce for Small Business. They have a great resource page. and uh, But always be Googling you know, what are the best tax credits for small business owners, for entrepreneurs? There's so much wealth and knowledge out there. I think we just, you know, as a community, get so focused on getting our product out and getting our service out and typically uh, don't think about the accounting side of it. We think, listen, accounting, taxes, death, right? We don't want to deal with those things and those are just expenses, but they're really not because what small business owners don't realize is that probably 20 to 30% of what they spent could come back to them in terms of credits. Wow, very fascinating. So as soon as, kind of shifting gears here once again, as soon as some of these early entrepreneurs, myself included, when we start making some money, where can we begin investing it to get additional tax savings along the way? Because when we start making money, that's, that's the goal of what we're doing, right? When it starts really coming in, we're paying our staff, we're growing the business, what should we start doing with that money uh, that maybe isn't something super traditional that we all always think of, right? Yeah, and I think you alluded to it with your family, right? Business owners should buy their real estate where they have their business, right? Because, you know, a lot of business owners rent, right? And with rent, you get the expense, but you don't get the tax benefits associated with buying real estate. So say your business is growing and 
you don't want to pay rent anymore. You want to own your own building and you go buy your own building. So you buy it for a million dollars, but you put a couple hundred thousand dollars down, you get a loan, and now you have your own building for your business. Now, under our tax law, you get to write off 50 to 60% of that building day one, right? So you bought a million dollar building, you're getting a half a million dollars in deductions through a study called a cost segregation study, which is just accelerating the depreciation of building for entrepreneurs. And there, now you've preserved your wealth, right? Because you took half a million dollars in write-offs for investing in real estate. You only put out $200,000 in cash, so you broke even, right? And, um, and ultimately, you're paying yourself, right, to rent your own building from yourself, which is an appreciating asset, which earns an income, right, a dividend. So I think number one is investing in yourself and getting that, that building for yourself. I think that's so smart. Um, I Something, again, that just we don't hear people sharing. So I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing that wisdom with us. And Julio, because I don't know what I don't know, as I already kind of alluded to, uh, there's probably questions and points that I'm just missing that I believe would be helpful for the creating brand listeners. Is there anything else that I haven't really brought up that you say that you'd really want us to know as early entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think that most people as early entrepreneurs don't realize not only at the state and local level, but at the federal level, how many grants and incentives there are in this country that are set aside by the Department of Commerce, by the local state government for small business owners. And it's simple as Googling for your industry, what the grants are at the uh, national level, the federal level. And a lot of times people, you know, have businesses that also can get early entrepreneurial government contracts, right? Because the government, the federal government gives so many contracts to small business entrepreneurs because we want to invest in that as a country. And a lot of people work really hard to go out to the business, but they don't think of the government as being a potential client and the client and the government will sign them up right away. You know, so um, that's some, I think, good advice that can be really helpful. It definitely gets my wheels turning. Like, obviously, as an entrepreneur myself, and, and you're, you're one as well, that type of thing, my mind is just spinning 100 miles an hour now. I'm like, I need to go back and listen to this again and start like Googling different things and listening mm-hmm. to different podcasts on this. Very fascinated by all this. And Julio, I, I so appreciate your time. I know that we, we don't have you for long here. So I just wanted to, to say thank you again for being here. And because it's been such an informative episode, I want to make sure I give you kind of freedom here at the end. Do you have any final thoughts for the Creating a Brand listeners? Well, you know, some of my final thoughts would be this. When you start a business, again, invest in at least knowing your numbers, right? Know your bank statements, know your financial statements, because that is so critical to growing a business is to understanding what I'm bringing in in cash and how that cash flow comes in and when the expenses go out. Because, you know, if you're able to save money and build up cash flow, you can invest in yourself. And also investing in yourself means, you know, what I saw when I started with in my uh, industry was that I saw a lot of entrepreneurs that competed against me, but what they did is they took the money they earned and they went and invested it in personal things, you know, expensive cars, boats, things that didn't have a return on investment. So, you know, start those early years, really investing in yourself and pouring those profits back into your company. Don't, you know, spend it on frivolous things. And, um, you know, I think those are really important things. It's, I think, what made the difference between my firm 
and the people I competed with 20 years ago, you know, is that they would just not invest in themselves. They would spend it on personal things, which again, I understand, but ultimately if you want to grow your business, you have to have the number one investment be yourself. That's such good advice and a great way to end this episode. Julio, I thank you so much for your time and for being a guest on the Creating a Brand podcast today. You know, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Just before recording this episode with Julio, I asked him if there's anything that he wanted to promote. And he said this, no, the only goal here today should be to help educate listeners on what exists for them. Let's just add value. I so appreciate Julio's heart behind this. He wants to help the small entrepreneur take advantage of the tax benefits that only the largest organizations currently do. And after listening to this episode, I encourage you to take action by looking into what is available to you. If you don't have a CPA or an accountant, find one. And if you do, have them listen to this episode, then discuss it with them. Julio, thank you again for being a guest and helping small business owners better understand what tax benefits they have access to. For links to learn more about Julio Gonzalez and for resources mentioned throughout this episode, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 108. Thank you as always for listening. I'm looking forward to bringing you another masterclass episode next week. Music.